And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose. And welcome to episode number 338 of This Old Marketing for Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who has never thrown a remote control golf ball into the lake, Mr. Joe Polizzi. You haven't, have you? You, you don't use a remote control golf ball, do you? <laughs> I don't do you, even... Do you even know this? You, you, you should know this reference. You should absolutely know this reference. I probably do, but it's... It's late on a Tuesday. We're recording at a completely different time, completely different date, because you obviously have other things to do. So I have nothing to do. My life revolves around you. Well, it, I, we actually do, I actually do have a conflict on our <laughs> Thursday date. I'm, I'm speaking at Agora Pulse's Agency Summit event. Uh, and it's actually, it is an online event, but it is a live online event. Ah. So... During our normal recording time on Thursday, I will be speaking on the virtual stage for the Agora Pulse. Well, what happened when you told them that you had something more important, that you record this old marketing and that your co-host doesn't like to change times because he's inflexible? <laughs> they said something, something, something rented land, <laughs> and, uh, and they didn't care. All right. Yeah. Uh, what's with the remote golf thing? What did I miss? So, Okay, so you know who Rory McIlroy is, Oh, yes, yes? sure. Okay, so Rory McIlroy uh, was playing his uh, uh, round of golf on Saturday. This was just this last Saturday at the BMW Championship in uh, uh, Wilmington Country Club. Uh, and um, basically, uh, that's Wilmington, Delaware, for those of yes. you not in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess uh, on one of the holes... A spectator threw out a remote-controlled golf ball and started driving it around on the green, which was very funny. The video of it is quite oh, humorous. Oh, I have to see this. I can't believe I missed this. I w- yeah, it's really good. And basically, uh, and and Rory McIlroy was having none of it, so caught said remote-controlled golf ball and threw it into the uh, threw it into the lake hazard. Oh, good for Rory. Yeah. I always did. It's, I always it's, did it's, like Rory. It's, it's good comedy. You know, it's, it's definitely good comedy. Do you ever watch golf? Are you a golf watcher? I I am not unless I am forced to. Um, and and the reason I say that is because my uh, my my father in law, my lovely wife's dad, is probably the biggest golf fan on the entire planet. Um, and when we go visit. That is, if there is not a Giants game on, then, then you're there watching. is golf on. I totally. Yeah, and we're watching golf. So I have watched a lot of golf in my day, but I don't do it by choice. The, you know, okay, so I'm going to go. Nor do I play it by choice. I'm, no, I know you don't play it. Everybody knows you don't play it. But uh, <laughs> everybody's thankful about that. But the real quick, yeah. you, you remember the the picture of, of when the the new Pope was announced and everyone had their phones and it was, you know, I think you used that in a presentation before where, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, everybody That's was right. watching. Yep. That's right. And then the yep. next one, everyone is is using their phones and not watching it. That's, That's right. That's what's bothering me about when I watch golf now. And I, I do watch golf, especially the bigger 
tournaments, all the majors I watch. I'm on a fantasy golf team, all that stuff. So I do enjoy watching my golf. But what I can't get... wait a minute. Hold hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold hold on. What? There is such a thing as fantasy. Oh my golf? gosh! Yes, absolutely. I we I've oh, been in no. a fantasy golf league for a long time, and oh dear, we 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 actually got, we're in the money because the the, the BMW we're championship the, the money the, the yeah. BMW championship the one you're talking about that was the last event of our season. So ah, and do you draft a team or do you draft one player or what? How does that work? There's many different things that you could do, but the way that most of them work is you get an amount of money, let's say $25 million and you get to choose as many players you want to that fit that budget. And the people that made the most money the previous year, they cost the most. I see. And then how you score every week is at least how we do it is by, you know, if you, if your players earn the most money that week, you win the week. If that makes any sense, it, it well, it, I, I understand it. Yeah. It makes no sense, but I do understand. Ooh, it. It's very exciting. <laughs> I mean, like the, the leaderboard imagine. shifting that was going on on Sunday. It was a lot of craziness. There were a lot of people, lonely, lonely people that were watching the television, <laughs> just going crazy. But I wanted to. This is what's bothering yeah, me. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to derail. That's okay. We're yeah. all over the place here. This is yeah. what's bothering me. Is you're so that let's say you're standing watching Rory McIlroy, one of the greatest golfers sure. that have ever played the game. I guess you, know, you can argue that, but whatever. And you're you're standing right next to him, watching him hit an iron shot out of the rough, whatever it is. And instead of watching it and being a part of that situation, you've taken out your phone and you are now recording this. Right, and you've got that buffer. Now I get it, right? You want to show all your friends, or you want to post it on TikTok or Instagram Reels or whatever you want to do. But can you not be in the moment? Can you not say, "Oh my goodness, that was just an amazing experience"? Instead of, well, it's the same thing as being in a concert. Yeah, it's a, I mean, you see this all the time at concerts these days, where the you know people are holding up their phones, filming the concert like it's going to be some amazing concert footage documentary that they're shooting here and not, you know, you know, they're not going to hear, you know, just static. Right. I mean, it's, you, you know, you're just not going to get the shot. Speaking of concerts. And I know we, we talked about before the show, we we weren't going to chit chat so much at the beginning because we've, we've extended our chit chat time on this old marketing. But that's right, and we want to cut it down for you. We're going to cut it for the audience, or maybe we shouldn't. I'm, I'm a feel. I'm feeling we should, but I do want to mention that our good friend J.K. Kalinowski said that I needed to watch the Woodstock '99 documentary on Netflix. Have you seen this? I have not. Oh my gosh, I've I haven't been disturbed by a lot of shows, by by any show. So re- I mean I, I don't I can't even talk about it. It was it just bothered me. It's a three part documentary on what happened to put on and the destruction and the aftermath of Woodstock '99, and yeah. what the what the, the the shortcuts that the event team made, which spurred the audience by day two and three into an absolute frenzy. And of course, if people don't remember, basically Woodstock '99 ended up burning. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, it was awful. Yeah, it was an off. It was off. I mean, until whatever it was Fire Festival came along, Woodstock '99 was right up there with the biggest 
hashtag fails of and fire festival has nothing has event. nothing on this actually because no this, exact from a from a from a destruction standpoint for sure but i think people uh who listen to this podcast well first of all it is not safe for work at all there's lots of drugs and sex and all kinds of things that that go on at this conference but what i really conference <laughs> this conference I guess Go it's not ahead. a conference. I guess it's yeah, a festival really. concert. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? I'm always thinking the, yeah. the event. Who keynoted? Exactly. Who, who keynoted key- that? Uh, uh, Limp Biscuit and Corn were the, <laughs> the keynotes keynote. of this conference. But th- did they do the Starfish story though? That's the real key. Is that they did the Starfish story? The star- I don't know if they did the Starfish. <laughs> What's the Starfish story? Well, I don't. Anyway, oh my God, we're supposed to cut this down. Okay. Yeah, okay. Wait. Right. I get to that in a second. Yeah. This is what. This is the point I wanted to make. They, the the event team was so concerned about making sure that the talent, the speakers in this case for a conference, were so well taken care of, and they were. They had the backstage, they had all the food and comforts and whatever. And at the same time, they did not have fresh water. They were not cleaning the urinals. They were not taking out the trash for the actual audience that paid to go to the event. Right. And, and, you know, we were talking, I'm talking about, you know, the reason I got to this point where, you know, we were just talking about somebody taking their phone and recording something like they do in this, the golf outings. There was none of this going on at that time because social media wasn't a thing. So it's mobile phones weren't a thing. Yeah. No mobile phones weren't a thing. And generally today people were air their frustrations on social media. They couldn't air their frustrations anywhere (laughs) except for what was going on around. And then it just became pure destruction. It was, it was hard to watch that that happened. Oh, now I want to see it. Yeah, now I really want to see oh, it. Oh my! It was a really, actually, a really good documentary, and I, I I learned a lot. But I couldn't sleep for a while afterward. I was just so disturbed by that that that, <laughs> that, event, that, that event actually happened. That that event yeah. happened in our lifetime, and some of the behaviors that happened by not just the kids that were there, but by the event people that were making decisions based on profit only. And not on what's best for the, and like you talk about user experience, customer experience. Yeah. They were not thinking about that, and they paid the price. And that Woodstock brand is done now. There, oh, there's never sure. going to be, yeah, a, yeah. in our lifetime, there's no. not going to be a Woodstock again because of this. No, it's that's a generational thing. Share, now. share yeah, the starfish sure. thing, and then we'll go on to news. What's the starfish? Oh, the start very quickly. The starfish story is a cliched thing that uh, usually keynote speakers that are in the camp of a life coach or you know you know sort of pump up the audience kind of motivational speaker it's a classic story that every speaker used to tell and it's now become sort of an inside joke with speakers that you know if you tell the starfish story you're sort of the cliched hackneyed speaker which is and the starfish story is basically you've heard the story before guy walking along the beach you know sees a starfish on the shore washed up on the shore picks up you know, uh, the starfish and throws it back in the water. And somebody says, why did you throw it back in the water? And he said, because I'm trying to help. And he said, well, you'll never be able to help all the starfish on the ocean, you know, on the, on the shore. And, and the guy said, well, I helped that one. Right. So the moral of the story being, if you can help one person, you've done your, you know, you've done your part. You know, it's, it's, it's a, did it's a you ever very, use that story? I did not. I did not. Although I have heard it many, many times at conferences that I've attended over the years. Ah. All you need to do is Google starfish story and you will see okay. what I mean. I would I would rather I want yeah. to hear the story of the 
speaker that goes down and sees the shark and the shark is ashore and goes to help the shark and then oh then God. dies and yes. then no more story that was yeah <laughs> that's yeah what, that's like the I, I i i told this story on on the discord in our little experience advisors community but i'm writing this paper for for artificial intelligence and so i've been playing around a lot with the uh, gpt-3 engine for ai on writing content, on creating content. And I, as part of my experiment, I, I asked the AI to tell me a joke. I said, tell me a joke about marketers. And the joke was two walker, two marketers walk into a bar and get drunk. (laughs) That was the the joke. That's the best joke ever. And I don't know, you know, part of me goes, that might be the greatest joke of all time. It's so subtle. It's like one of those New Yorker cartoons, right? It is so subtle but you know, it's like, or it's just stupid. I can't make up my mind whether which is which, right? See, yeah, humans aren't needed anymore. It's, that's right. That's, uh, before we start, congratulations! Yes. Somebody has a a book to. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, yes I I have signed a contract this week to write my fourth uh, and final book on the topic of content marketing. Um, what? I signed a contract with Kogan Page. Yeah, this is I'm I'm going to write one more and this will be it on the topic of content marketing and it's about content marketing strategy and process and really everything I've learned over the last 10 years in a definitive how-to strategy book. Um, I signed a contract with Kogan Page, the wonderful UK-based publisher. Uh, this week, and the book will be out basically a year from today. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yes, It'll be you. wonderful because Epic Content Marketing will be out on Valentine's Day in February, so people can get that, and then yours will be out about six months later. So that'll be That's awesome. Right. Yep. And then you can yep. use them um, as door holders or... I don't know. Yeah, mine will definitely based on the contract, mine will definitely be a doorstop. It'll it is it is meant to be thick. Yeah, it's meant to be a definitive book. So I have a lot of words to type. That's that's great. I you know, you have to put a starfish on the cover. <laughs> I vote right, a starfish door. Hashtag I vote starfish. Yes. Okay. That's it. I'm glad right. we went well, let's shorter. Let's get to our show. I'm glad we did. Well, yeah, we went so much shorter. We actually yeah. went one minute and 30 seconds shorter than we did last week in our chit chat. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Um, we're going to talk about some fun stuff today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Truth Social uh, and the downloads for that mobile app and social network soar. Or maybe better word is actually show a little bit of life uh, following the FBI uh, search on uh, Mar-a-Lago. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the status of the social media network there. Then we'll talk a little bit more about social media networks and specifically Facebook and Instagram, where uh, an, an article has come out this week on CNN about building your home on what? Yes, that's right. Rented land. And then we'll also talk about Andrew Tate and how he was actually banned from Facebook and Instagram uh, and where sort of the balance of all that stuff is. Then we'll talk about Google. And Google's coming after you again with a new major algorithm update. So we'll talk a little bit about what's going on there uh, with regard to SEO content. And then if we get time, we'll talk a little bit about TikTok uh, and how they may or may not be logging everything you type into your phone or your computer uh, and where the status of that uh, might they, be. They may. They are. They may. It's they, we don't yeah, really well, need to talk right. about it because they are. It's yeah, just, they are. It is. Yeah, it, yeah. It's the, a the, thing. The, the, the spoiler alert is they are. Yeah. 
And then Joe is going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, a, a post that his lovely wife made around the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and I am actually going to provide my review. I have now finished the Sandman, um, wow. the Neil Gaiman wonderful story, and I have a I have a hot take review uh, of it, and I'll share it with Ooh. all of you. And um, and I won't spoil it whether whether it's a rant or a rave. It's a hot take so, review. There we have it. Do it. It's a hot take. Yeah. That's what we got. We got spicy hot, hot takes take. all day. Hot takes. Need the hot takes. Need the hot takes. Spice. Okay. We should eat chicken wings or something. Well, there's already a show that does that. All right. Oh, like for hot ones. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a great show. I love that. Oh show. my god, hot, he does such a great this is job. It. Hot ones marketing edition. There it you is. See, we should get him. Oh man, and just, you know what? We no, we we want to ask all the marketers we really don't like to be on, and they get the extra hot, and then we just got to record. Oh man, this is gonna be good. They're the Carolina Reaper of podcasts. <laughs> That's what we are. We are the Carolina Reaper. It's of hot as the sun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our first story here, which comes to us courtesy of Newsweek. Uh, and the article's headline is Truth Social Downloads Soar Amid Trump's Criticism of FBI Mar-a-Lago Search. The article opens up by saying Donald Trump's social media app Truth Social has seen an increase in downloads after the FBI searches Mar-a-Lago residents in Florida last week to retrieve White House documents and sensitive information. The number of app downloads skyrocketed by 550%, and that's the first number that caught my attention. I went, all right, percentage, huh? During the week <laughs> after the search, compared to the week prior, according to information obtained by Vice News from Data AI, a company that tracks app downloads, Trump used the platform to rally his supporters against the FBI and share an article that floated the idea that he would seek payback against those involved in the search if he becomes president again. And the article goes on to talk more about that. But basically, the numbers here uh, for just to tee us up, and I don't want to get your take, Joe, which is the app went live on February 21st, was downloaded less than 20,000 times with an average of around 2,500 downloads daily from Apple's uh, App Store. During the week before the FBI search on August 8, it was then downloaded 107,000 times uh, with an average of 13,000 downloads per day. So it's doing a little better. Uh, and then basically the week following the search, it went up to uh, 6,000 of uh, 6,500, basically from the 1,300 the day after the FBI raid. So it's going up. I mean, and going up a lot, I guess, percentage-wise. But to put it into perspective, Clubhouse back in May of this year, when we were pronouncing it pretty much DOA, was still managing around. I think it was. Uh, Roughly, you know, what is it, uh, 18,000 or 20,000 downloads a day. Um, what say you? So I took one for the team and I downloaded. Uh oh, no. I, no, you didn't. Did. No, you I didn't. didn't. Oh, no. I, I was so, I, I basically said, look, if we're going to do this story on this old marketing, I have to actually be part of wow. this platform. Good for you. And good for you. I want to tell you that this is. I'm not making any judgments. I'm telling you, first of all, it's a very easy process to sign up for True Social. I was uh, surprised how easy it was to sign up, get my username, whatever. And as soon as you sign up, it says, like Twitter does, here's we, we recommend you follow at least two people or three people. And you, you probably know who the first one recommended follow would be, right? Of course. Yeah, Donald yes. J. Trump. Can you guess who the second one is? 
Oh, gosh. A second Don't one? even go. It's fine. I'm going to tell you anyways. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kid Rock. Kid Rock was... And Kid Rock is amazing on True Soil. <laughs> did you follow both of them? Uh, I did. And uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, I followed the, like, the first four. Dinesh D'Souza was on there, too. I don't even know who that is, but I was following Dinesh and Donald Trump and then Junior's on there and whatever. Now, here's my take. You're exactly right, Robert. This is we don't even this is this is not nothing yet. These uh, downloads are small in comparison <clears throat> to any tiny, main, tiny, tiny. But, but it's it doesn't have to be a mainstream social app to be successful. It can be a small niche app for conservative voices and be successful. Like, if for example, if you and I got on there right now and we started talking about. No rented land, and you got like we could build a marketing presence on there actually quite a bit easier than you can on some of these other platforms. You could if you were going after that. I'm just saying now, sure, yeah. Now, I will say that we're why are we seeing the why is everything in the news now? Because Donald Trump went on to True Social and started posting, and so Donald, this is Donald Trump's social media presence that is moving the platform and it will probably always be that way oh of course yeah well it's his company i mean it's his company it's his platform it's his i mean it you know it's the equivalent of elon buying twitter right i mean you know it's it, it would be it, it literally the loud one of the loudest voices if not the loudest voice on you know on uh well certainly the loudest voice on truth social is is him and he owns the he owns the company and you know i just i question whether or not it's a viable business i don't doubt that it becomes a viable community and it could be a you know it it, it becomes a uh, a place where that you can monetize in some form or fashion right you know in a very small way i i as a business person literally as a marketing person i worry a bit about the uh, the nature of the content is built on conflict, and so with no conflict, I'm not sure it becomes a very interesting place to go, right? You know, because yeah, it's not about it's not like you know it's not like you're sharing restaurants or you're sharing you know great tips on marketing or you're going in and learning about you know how to do something, which is what most communities why you join most communities in a professional way is to get better at your craft by surrounding yourself with people who are like minded. But in a political sense, the the value of the of the platform becomes in shouting at one another, right? The tension and the conflict that's there, and you know, but, seeing Kid Rock, you know, thumbs up a Trump tweet doesn't. But here, I, but does, he, does that really here's where I'm going to disagree engaging? with you. What's the most popular cable news channel? Well, that's Fox. Fox. Right? Yeah, for sure. This yeah, is this is like the Fox of social media, and there's. There's no reason well, why. That's a fair point. There's no reason why it can't have the same type of formatting. They're just talking about issues that are mostly conservative. By the way, if you look at the about us, they basically say they're open to all thinking and they want very nice discussions and whatever. It doesn't matter, but they say that. And I mean, there's there are liberal the people I know that have signed up though and said one word afoul of you know of uh, a Trump position have gotten banned immediately. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, because oh yeah uh, yeah well here's the thing 
Donald Trump will not get banned, no matter what he does. No, and you, you and I talked about no. this. It's his company. Well, it's not rented land. When when the whole thing went down about uh, Donald Trump getting banned off of Twitter and Facebook and whatever, what did you and I say? He should have started working on his owned media strategy from the get-go, and he never did. Of course. And he built these amazing audiences that were not his audiences on those platforms, and then he lost access to them. And we'll talk about this later in this episode, too. Now what is he doing? He's building his own platform. It's a little bit late, but yeah. But it's from, from, from his standpoint, very, very smart. So... I'm under the assumption that these are like Donald Trump super fans and these will be able to uh, be monetized in ways that probably at a premium. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. The, 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 there are companies I'm sure who are willing and able and frothing at the mouth to spend money to get in front of this audience, you know, to sell them things like, you know, my pillow t-shirts with flags on them and, you know, my pillow, right. You know, all sorts of things that, you know, you know MAGA hats and you know all sorts of items but yeah I, I, I hear what you're saying I, I, I you know I mean what what is fascinating to me is how we haven't heard a peep out of any of the others any of the other what the other social networks that were supposedly going to be you know conservative voices or the oh I'm forgetting their names I mean I'm forgetting parlor. their names which is uh, parlor, parlor is the one and, and I forgot the other one with the G you know, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well right now it, it's you know again it's early uh, but I think that this is really good for Donald Trump it's really good for Donald Trump fans it's not that much different than what's going you talked last week about the whole social media versus cable news thing. I mean, you got a bomb both sides. Yeah. The whole thing going on, but it's true, it is a safe place. It is a safe. It is a safe place. That is that is a good. But point. I think I hear a lot of people, a lot of media people out there saying, "Oh well, how is Truth going to make money, and how are they going to build whatever?" And I'm and I'm like, they they can be a niche niche app, and they don't need to scale into a Facebook to be successful. That's true. So, but I but to your point, it, the numbers are meaningless at this point. If you're looking at percentages, because to go from 2,000 downloads to 20,000 downloads in a week, I mean, yeah, you're seeing huge percentage gains. I think that you need right. to see that That's kind right. of growth over a long period of time. That's right. That's exactly right. All right. Let's. Well, let's, speaking of social networks, um, our next story is a little more uh, familiar to this idea of rented land and owned land. Um, and it comes courtesy of CNN. Uh, the headline here is they built their business on Instagram, and every time I read that headline for the last week, I've, they built this city. They built, they built this, this city, city on Instagram. Instagram. Oh, that's <laughs> exactly. it. We built yeah. this. Uh, you this just said city. no. You should just say they built this city. We built, or yeah. we, I'm sorry, we built this business. We built yeah. this business on Instagram. I'm sorry. There you go. Then the platform changed, apparently. <laughs> the story opens up by saying, after losing her construction job early in the pandemic, Caitlin Tokar decided to try selling some of her vintage furniture and housewares collection on Instagram. It took off way faster than I expected, she said. How could these, these stories always, always, the always, same. always, always oh, open up like God. that? This went way faster than I expected. 
Uh, her account, Midnight Toker Vintage, get it? See what she did there? Um, has racked up nearly 6,000 followers since launching in September of 2020. And she started a second account centered on resale clothing. Even with a relatively modest following, Tokar, uh, a 30-year-old single mom living in New York City, was able to make the Instagram shop her full-time source of income about a year ago. But more recently... Her posts haven't been reaching as many of her followers and regular customers, which has meant items haven't been selling out and selling much slower. Issues, she thinks, may have something to do with the recent changes to Instagram's platform. Things just aren't being seen. I still go get messages months after posting something like, oh my God, I never saw this. She's not alone. As Instagram increasingly prioritizes videos and recommended posts and users' feeds and effort to keep pace with rival TikTok, some small businesses that were built on the platform are having a harder time reaching their following and facing declining engagement. And they say they're worried about the future of their businesses. Some small business owners joined users in sounding off in a change.org petition calling to make Instagram Instagram again, which has gained more than 300,000 signatures since it was started last month. Others have raised concerns directly on the platform and posted stories. And the article goes on to talk more about their concerns and more about their concerns and basically repeat itself for SEO purposes like nine more times <laughs> and then it ends. Um, so uh, what say you about this? I, you know, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Instagram and the change that's going on. Um, and we'll talk here in a minute about the flip side of that, which is the social media platforms actually banning people. Yeah. Um, but but what say you first to uh, to our friend uh, uh, other than midnight other than the Toker obvious vintage yeah midnight toker right yeah um, well first of all I feel bad and I always feel bad every time I read one of these stories and I've read this story about a hundred times yeah and I feel bad every time that somebody is surprised when this happens you you this is a private company instagram they can make whatever changes they want to and we always know that the rules change and they will change the rules again even after this change so you have to make sure you figure out how you move to whatever platform you're going to move i want to mention two things the third last paragraph is where i've got a problem so this is a cnn business article it says still there's no way to easily transition an Instagram account's following to an audience elsewhere. And other platforms often come with fees and other policies that can make selling there more complicated than on Instagram. Yes, you know what you do? You create an email newsletter list. I mean, come on. Create your own database. Is yeah. it easy to do? No, but that's what you do. That's You have to move from one platform to another. So that's the one thing I'd say. It's, it's always the, uh, the same reason. But... What's happening with Instagram is the same thing that's happening with Facebook, that's happening with every social media site, is they are not social media platforms anymore. They are discovery, content discovery platforms. That's what TikTok is. It's not for exactly. sharing with your friends. You're not going to find friends. You're not going to talk to friends. It is not social media anymore. It's all about discovery. TikTok unlocked that and said, wow, that's the big uh, this is the big power that comes being being a social media app is actually content discovery. That's the way to go. We're growing uh, customers like crazy. We're able to monetize this through ads a much better way than we were from people sharing other people's posts. And Meta saw that and said, "Uh oh, our model's broken. We got to move." And that's, that's what right. they're doing. And you're going so you're going to see that you're going to see that happen with every pla so Facebook is moving to a content discovery. Uh, platform. Instagram is in the process of moving to that. 
I don't know about Snap, but you know, this is the way it is. But that's the thing, right? I mean, it, it is. It, it is. You know what TikTok discovered was. You know, there's there was all there's always been sort of the call it the you know in, in, the easy way to call it would be the eighty twenty rule, right? But it's really more like the ninety eight two rule. Which on social media, which was two percent of the user base, you know, produces ninety eight percent of the content, and and the you know most people on social media are heavy consumers of content, not creators of content, and even those within this very small percentage that are content creators, let's just be honest, they're not posting up stuff that people want to consume, right? They're 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 literally posting up stuff, you know, which is a picture of their dog sleeping. Or, you know, a picture of a sunset or, you know, the stuff I post up all the time, right? You know, which is nobody wants to see that really, except for maybe members of my family, et cetera, et cetera. It is not meant for a broad audience, nor will it have broad audience appeal. But what TikTok discovered is, ah, if we can take that 2% and bottle it and entice them to create following and create awesome content and reward it through the algorithm... It feeds the 98%. So we still get the same amount of usage. It's just we stop seeing pictures of sunsets and babies and dogs, and we see funny videos of people getting kicked in the head and, you know, you know, cops, you know, taking people out, you know, when they're not supposed to take people out and pimple popping and, you know, all sorts of weird stuff on, you know, this. And that becomes the shared media platform now. And this is where Instagram is now going and Facebook is now going is to become just exactly like you said, a content discovery network where it doesn't matter how many people you follow or are followed by if you're not one of the 2% that's a content creator. Now, the same rules apply, however, because once those, you know, those content creators who are now on Instagram and going, aha, now it's a content discovery platform, so I can be part of that 2%. No, not until they change the rules again. And they change the rules so that you get banned out. I mean, we'll actually talk a little bit about that in, when we talk about Google here in a moment. But that's the, you know, you know live by the algorithm, die by the algorithm. And, and if you, you know, I mean, we've, we've said it a million times, right? Build your house there. And don't be surprised when you come home and your house is gone one day. It's, um, if you look at these changes... And you look at what the internet's going to be in two years. It's a little scary. It, it <laughs> you are being overrun by fewer and fewer places to get information. People are spending more and more of their time just engaging in this type of content. Um, it's I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I guess the 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 point is, in this case, if Instagram gives you a gift and you weren't able to take advantage of that gift and build an audience outside of that, I don't know what to tell you. I feel bad. I feel bad yeah. you didn't take advantage yeah. of it. But to, but to your point, this is this is just the start of it. Because I don't know if you've... I've been on Facebook in the last couple of weeks. I'm seeing the changes real time. Oh, sure. You can, you you can, can see it happen. You can see them doing yeah, it. I mean, absolutely. I'm seeing less and less from my friends and family and more yep. from just crazy memes. That I don't even know what yeah, they mean. That's right. I'm like, what is this? What I right where there's a piece of content and like three million people have liked it. Yeah, and I'm and like, and I don't even some know crazy video or yeah, something. I don't even know what it yeah. is. I just, I'm just like, how did yeah. this get in my feed? And then I'm seeing, and then I'm seeing people that I don't know that are popping up in my feed, and I'm like, what? How would I? Why did I get that? 
piece of yeah. the, I don't I don't understand what's going on, but it's all the algorithm and they're pushing particular content that's going to drive revenue for them. So, that's right. Either play the game that's or right. don't play the game. Yeah, well that's yeah, play the game and realize it's a game. That's the Yeah. You know, if you what's that uh, there's that great saying, you know, if you if you look around the room and you can't figure out what the product or service is, it's you. Yeah. You know, so that's the that's we, the real. We are the we are indeed the indeed the product, and I and you know you said two percent, which is become which I think at a time was correct, and now I think it's more like point two percent. Yeah, it probably it's is so it much lower is. now. The people creating content because yeah, like yeah. like TikTok for example. I mean, it's got to be less than one percent are creating content on TikTok, which is why I do believe at some point TikTok has a correction. I think I think that I I think. You know, it, it will. You will run. You will run to the end of the internet in that point. You know, I mean, yeah. there's that joke that always goes around. You know, oh, I've reached the end of the internet. You know, it's like, you know, I think you are going to find people get unless they start figuring out ways to expand and diversify content even wider. Um, I think you'll find those. You know, those fanatic users who sit. You know, for hours and scroll through all that stuff will just will start to die down because they'll be like ah I, I, I'm getting bored with it the program is not there for me anymore mm. well mm. speaking yep. of the uh, the the other side of that so uh, YouTube uh, joins Facebook in banning Andrew Tate uh, says the BBC News uh, actually they would have said YouTube joins Facebook in banning <laughs> Andrew Tate um, that's this is the BBC. That was lovely. Okay. All right. That was lovely. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Uh, YouTube has banned influencer Andrew Tate for violating its policies. The Google-owned social media site took action following Meta's decision to ban Mr. Tate from Facebook and Instagram. So three... Uh, three strikes there. The former kickboxer rose to fame in 2016 because I didn't know who the hell Andrew Tate was. Uh, then he was removed from TV show Big Brother over a video which appeared to depict him attacking a woman. He went on to gain notoriety online with Twitter banning him for saying women should bear responsibility for being sexually assaulted. Oh, that's a good move. That, that was a smart move on his part. Uh, at the time of his removal from Big Brother in 2016, Mr. Tate said the controversial video had been edited, calling it a total lie trying to make me look bad. Well, you know, your own words sort of do it for you. Anyway, Google, which owns YouTube, told the BBC, we terminated channels associated with Andrew Tate for multiple violations of our community guidelines and terms of service, including your, including our hate speech policy. If a channel is terminated, the uploader is unable to use, own, or create any other YouTube channels. Mr. Tate's YouTube channels had more than a million followers between them. Uh, and basically, oh, and, and as the article goes on, TikTok has also banned an account belonging to Mr. Tate. So it seems he's gotten the full Monty of all of the social media networks coming after him. I, I'll be honest with you. Before you sent me this over, I had no idea who Andrew Tate was, what he was all about, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for the guy knowing what I've seen, but it, it seems like he was like, you know, as the article calls him, absolutely a misogynist. So is there, you know, what do you think? Well, What's your take on I it? think people, it's funny, if you uh, listen to the other side of this argument, and the, the free Andrew Tate uh, people, if you will, um, they say, oh, free speech, free speech. Well, you got to remember, these are private companies. There is no free speech. They define yeah. what speech should be. You can't just go out and say anything you want to they can and so they 
like we just saw in the last uh, news article you shared. They change the rules That's at any right. time, or they can enforce the rules that they have, and they've had rules against this and whatever. I think my the most interesting thing to me is this article. I didn't know there was a disinformation correspondent. The, the BBC has a disinformation correspondent. That's how bad it's getting, Robert. We need somebody to cover the disinformation. How do you cover? A, you're a journalist and you cover disinformation. That that's it's yeah. a problem. I, I'm just now seeing it. Yeah, I'm it, just now I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing it. Mariana Spring is disinformation yeah. and social media correspondent. So again, uh, but is she really? Is she is she really? <laughs> <laughs> what if that? What, what if sure? that is misinformation? Prove that. Are we sure? Prove it to yeah. me. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I feel like I'm, that's misinformed. Because even you can't <laughs> believe LinkedIn now. Because if I go to LinkedIn, I see Tommy Boy. Now Tommy Boy has a LinkedIn profile. That doesn't mean that Tommy Boy is a real person. That's right. Because it's Chris Farley's, fa- and I know that Chris Farley is not walking around right now. But do you? No. Do I? See. See how I did that? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that it, we, you know, you talk about TikTok uh, due for a correction. There, There's something going on with these social media sites and some of the behaviors that are happening. And I, I it's weird. I have no insight here. I just don't know what it is, but it feels like something serious is going to happen. It feels like yeah. it feels like we're we're building up to something that is incredibly wrong that's going to happen. And I'm generally an optimist, but I'm seeing more and more of these articles. And I mean, if you read this article, there's a lot of horrible behavior of Andrew Tate fans that have surfaced from this, and apparently they didn't catch it quick enough. Well, here's my question, which is: Is this news any longer? Right. It, it, Somebody getting why banned. Do, why? Yeah. Why does, independent of who it is, maybe with the exception of the president of the United States, which, okay, I get, but for these, let's just, let's just call it what it is, this D-level celebrity, why is this news on a major network like the BBC? Like, why do we care? Like, if, if, if Andrew Tate had been kicked out of a club in London and banned because he made awful remarks to a woman in there or made some other, you know, horrible behavior, you know, had a fight or something and the club booted him out. And let's say that club was a chain of some kind, like some sort of global chain, you know, literally, you know, uh, the equivalent of a cheesecake factory or an olive garden, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're now banned, banned from olive garden. Would, would we get a BBC news, you know, breaking news on that? Of course we wouldn't. It just wouldn't happen. Now, you might get them, you know, basically bitching and moaning that, that, that they've been banned from Olive Garden. But the, the fact that these people are, are banned from a private company's platform, to me, is if it weren't the fact that it were media, it wouldn't be a story. And so I'm not sure why it being media makes it a story. You know, in the early days, I, I, I might I, I might see that, right? You know, if there was this sort of wave of bands going on and, you know, and there was this sort of that, you know, if there's a trend in a particular community or, you know, but sort of just the these one-off sort of D-level celebrities getting banned. And because this article provides, honestly, 
this article could have been two sentences long, but it's not. It's you know it's easily you know five hundred words, six hundred words on why, and I, I just don't understand what the I don't understand what the what, what's the story here, like it, it to your point isn't it just giving this person more of a platform, you know because you, you're not really setting up a debate. You know, there's not a debate here to be had. They have every right to do it, and they, you know, they did it. So, what's the? I, I, I guess well, I just don't understand. It's because he had four. And I'll answer all those questions. It's because he had 4.7 million followers. If you're kicked out, uh, of, yes, I understand. Out of yes, the Olive he gets Garden, eyeballs, and it, you've got right, 20 it people that saw yeah. that. Totally, and I and I and I get that it sells Nissan ads, and 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 yes, I totally get that. Putting that article out is a business decision from the BBC to say, hey, listen, people will click on this because, you know, and they'll view it and that sells more advertising. I totally get the if it bleeds, it leads sort of uh, framing of this. I guess I'm asking more from the cultural perspective as as consumers of content. Do we expect this to be news? Should this be news? And, you know, I struggle with that. I struggle with why it should be news to begin with. Uh, I, I get, yeah, I think you have a point. I don't know if it, I think we're living in our own little media bubble, uh, that nobody else cares about this, but, but us, but this, uh, I think that the deeper issue here is what BBC is trying to get to is that there are a number of followers that have also gotten into destructive behavior. They're saying they're making the link because they watched Andrew Tate content, but you could say it's true or not or whatever. I don't know anything about it. But they're trying to make that link. And so thankfully, Instagram and TikTok come to the rescue and say, you're off, Andrew. You have to go eat at Olive Garden all by yourself. That's right. So is that even if that even is a thing? I wonder if they would open up a special section of the Olive Garden. Olive Garden? Yeah. They have those special like sections. I don't know if you know this, Robert. Like you're gonna have a meeting and things. At an Olive Garden where you can have unlimited no, breadsticks and salad. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. You could have a book club or Today you I could have an investment club and you could say, I would like to go to an Olive Garden or a Panera or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Do you know that Panera sells grocery store? Uh, it sells in this grocery store now. You can like get Panera mac and cheese at the grocery store. I don't know if that. I, I do know this. Yeah. Yes, the prepackaged food. Yes, that's a whole new a big, market, and it's yeah. a huge market. It's kind of what happened with huge, uh, huge Chi-Chi's. Market. Like Chi-Chi's just became straight to grocery store. Yeah, you can't go to a Chi-Chi's anymore for their wonderful <laughs> fried ice cream. <laughs> Chi-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next story here, which is very much related to what we've been talking about here, uh, and it is Google. Uh, and we'll link to a couple of stories here. We've got uh, one from our, our good friends at the uh, Media Operator Newsletter, just a great newsletter, by the way. Um, and then, of course, a lot of the search engine journals are also publishing articles on this because it's a pretty big deal. Uh, the uh, headline is, Google is coming after bad SEO content again. Uh, and the article from Media Operator opens up by saying, there are three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and SEOs trying to game Google. But when there are 5.6 billion searches per day, is it any wonder that people will try to get their piece of the pie? But it seems that Google is tired of just how blatant some of the gaming is. According to the Google Search Central blog, the company is introducing its helpful content update. 
Uh, I like that better than like Penguin and Butterfly and Aardvark and all the other updates that were there. Um, anyway, the article uh, quotes Google Search Central blog as saying, the helpful content update aims to better reward content where visitors feel they've had a satisfying experience while content that doesn't meet a visitor's expectation won't perform as well. The update will start rolling out next week. That's this week, basically. Um, and, uh, the you know, basically the article goes on to explain a little bit more about what the uh update will be but in a nutshell the update is ostensibly saying the way i'm i'm reading this and i read a couple of the other articles as well from the search engine uh namely search engine journal and um, a few of the others that basically said it's really going after the review sites right so the the sites that are blatantly targeting seo to not provide a lot of inf- good information but rank highly on keywords because they're reviewing just any number or type of product and you can get the top 10, you know, software of, you know, whatever the top 10 gaming apps or the top 10 iPhones or, you know, all those kinds of things and sort of really buckling down on, you know, trying to find good first party quality content rather than sort of this third party SEO gamified content. What do you what did you think about it? I well, I, I want this to be fixed because, like, for example, I, uh, what what channel can I find the Cleveland Browns game on against Atlanta? And I'll so I'll type in some series, and I'll and the first seven don't give me the answer. Like yep. it's really ridiculous and it's frustrating. That's what from what I'm reading, that's what they're going after. Where you have to go back and search again and again and again, and this is a real problem. With reviews, it really is. Yeah, with, it's a great point. It's a great example. With any news content, I get it all the time, and uh, I guess I would like to believe that this is going to happen. But we've talked about it for you know on this show for the past couple of years. I don't see the experience of Google getting any better, other than the fact that they're taking more content from sites and throwing it down into what we would call that you know zero. Um, zero result where yeah. where you see just they basically just stripped your content and now you don't have to go anywhere you just go to Google yeah and get that so I, I don't know I'd love to I'd love to feel that they're going to do this I don't know if I believe it yet because the problem is so rampant I think they will I think it'll I think it'll have a, a relatively high impact and the you know that you're you're so right that's such a great example of the, of of what I see as well so I'll do something like you know, best new movies to stream this week or, you know, those kinds of things, right? You know, what, you know, what's, what's premiering this week uh, on, you know, Netflix, right? You know, and, and do a Google search for that. And then inevitably what you get is the article that opens up with 500 words that starts out, you know, movies premiere a lot. And when movies <laughs> premiere, they premiere on Netflix. And Netflix premieres premiere usually during the premiere season, which is the premiere of Netflix series. You know, you get and you're like scrolling, 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 waiting for the movies. And it's like, here are 10 movies that could premiere, but we're not quite sure that the rumor is true yet. You know, and you're like, oh, and you're so frustrated that you go back and you search again. And it's another one of those kind of articles where it's just like so much fluff in the front part of the article to be optimized for search that you don't get to the meat of what the answer you're trying to get until, you know, word 1232. And even then it's sort of like vague, not the answer you're looking for. Yeah, I I want it fixed. I love this. If this is a real update. <laughs> I want this fixed. I want it I fixed. Want I want to speak to your manager. I'm getting... <laughs> 
I'm I'm seriously getting dissatisfied with Google. Yeah, I'm starting to get to a point where yeah. like, do I go to DuckDuckGo or I because but I don't go there because I don't think their results are any better because they're they're using a limited set of content, which sometimes we want to speak to Google's manager. <laughs> that should be the that should be the title of the episode. Oh, we totally, want to speak to Google's yeah, I'm manager. I'm totally writing that down. <laughs> it's it's. Oh, but it, there's dear. been so much focus on creating a better user experience for within Google, yes. and I, I haven't seen it. Look at all these. I'm on the Google Search Central blog. There's been a million updates. Oh, sure. Yeah, they happen daily. Since 2005, hourly, right? They get all the updates in there. You can go through every one of them. And Penguin and Raptor and, yeah. and Elephant and whatever all the other ones right. are. Butterfly, you said. And and yeah. I and I don't know outside of scraping of the content, I don't know if I can sense as a bigger dif- a difference in anything. So whatever. Yeah. yeah, I've and I still don't know why we haven't seen verticalized search yet come out. I really don't, you know, in a in a big way. I just I, I think it's so there's so many verticals that are and, and by the way, TV programming is one of them, right? I mean, you know, and 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 maybe this is going to get solved by good smart TVs and, you know, basically, you know, those kinds of interfaces. But it's not that I have something specific I want to watch. Like my smart TV is really good if I say, hey, put on, you know, Game of Thrones for me, right? It knows which network to go to and it'll, you know, it'll find it, right? It'll find, you know, sometimes it, it, it says, well, which network do you want it on? And, you know, all those kinds of things, especially if it's, you know, all that. But they're getting pretty good at, at the verbal sort of, idea but you got to know what you want when you don't know what you want when you're you know when you're literally looking for something that you don't know what it is you want to you know for example discover content right to going back to our tiktok conversation it's really hard it's really really hard right now because each of the apps have a different way of scrolling each of the things search is not yet fixed for for programming across all the streaming services and so i think there's a huge opportunity i think apple's going to try and fix that but but you know we'll see okay (laughs) (laughs) all right okay we're going to cover one quick story very quickly here because i know you have a point on it um and we talked about it at the beginning of the show which is tiktok this is a story coming to us courtesy of TechCrunch. Uh, and it says TikTok's in-app browser could be keylogging, privacy analysts warn. The uh, article opens up by saying, beware in-app browsers uh, is a good rule of thumb for any privacy-conscious mobile app user, given the potential for an app to leverage its hold on user attention and snoop on what you've been looking at via the browser software it also controls. However, eyebrows are being raised over the behavior of TikTok's in-app browser after independent privacy research uh, by developer Felix Krauss uh, discovered that the social network's iOS app injecting code that could enable it to monitor all keyboard inputs and taps, a.k.a. also known as keylogging. The article goes on to discuss some of the details of that. And I know you had uh, a, an opinion on this, but uh, what's your take on, you know, should we stop using TikTok? Uh, well, absolutely, this is happening. It's happening with more apps than TikTok. But what I wanted to share sure, absolutely, yes. is that I was listening to, oh, was this a, I think this was a Prof G podcast, and maybe you heard it as well, was talking about how China considers social media apps part of national security. Right. 
Yep. And I thought about that, and I'm like, I know we don't do that in the United States or other countries don't do that, but with the amount of influence and pervasiveness in social media and the information that you can gather, I'm almost thinking that we might be at that point. And maybe China has it right. Which is why they well, ban some, all yeah. the United States uh, social apps. Yes. Well, it's it's there's something to that, right? Which is, if not looking at it as national security, certainly getting some some regulation around it, as we've talked about many, many times, which will, you know, provide some help with figuring out how, you know, a lot of these, especially international, I mean, TikTok's the, the key here, you know, and our, you know, the stream of data going one way. And I know Oracle has the U.S. data, supposedly, but, uh, you know, about, uh, against the other side of that, which is, you know, configuring the algorithm to, you know, it would be very easy for them to configure an algorithm to shape public opinion. And that's just, that's a very dangerous thing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Thank you for getting yeah. that newsworthy article in right at the last yeah. minute. There you go. There you go. All right. It is time for our rants and raves when Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave. And we've got two fun ones, I think, to, to cap off the show here. Um, something that makes us feel a little bit like we've got a remote control golf ball driving around the course or something that makes us feel like you're the winner in Joe Polizzi's golf fantasy <laughs> league, which still baffles Oh, you're going to be. I'm going to yeah. get you in one next year. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, all right. So uh, you want me to go first or do you want to I'll go Let first? me go first. I, I just okay. wanted to shout out to my, my lovely bride. Um, so we everyone knows I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. We've been Cleveland Browns season ticket holders for a long time. We had a pre first preseason game this weekend. And uh, it was honestly tough, Robert. It was tough for us to go to that. Uh, we were struggling. And she put this on LinkedIn. I wanted to read some of it. Uh, so bear with me. She says, I'm struggling with walking into First Energy Stadium today. That's where the Browns play. I'm usually so excited jumping out of bed like a kid at Christmas, but today I'm just feeling kind of meh. The spring, when my beloved Cleveland Browns made a decision to hire and pay the largest salary in the world to a morally controversial player, my enthusiasm started to waver. I tried to get through it, ignore it even. Josh Cribb said on a morning show that business is business. Okay, yes, let's look at it that way, I thought, but then I couldn't just look at the business because the business has no respect for me, my girlfriends, our moms, and our daughters. Many said, if he helps us win a Super Bowl, all will be forgiven. Probably true, but still with the disclaimer that we had to deal with the devil to get there. And goes on and on, and I'll, we can put it in the show notes. Um, she ends with, overall, though the organization has brought me joy over the last many, many years, has now decided that I don't matter. They have essentially said that it's okay if people get hurt along the way. I know they aren't the first team to do this, but they are my team. And as of today, they have ruined for me what is usually a really exciting time. So she said, I'll be there, but my heart won't. And we did go. And my take on that is most fans, there are some Browns fans that were truly uh, reacted horribly. Uh, some of it went viral, actually, with some... Uh, pictures of fathers and kids having uh, things on Deshaun Watson that they shouldn't have and shouldn't. There were T-shirts being sold that shouldn't have been sold. Uh, most Browns fans are like us, are really dejected, and we don't know what to do. You know, we've had the conversation, like, what do we do with our season tickets? And 
Yeah. You know, we already bought them before this whole thing happened. But we're, you know, anyways, I just wanted to, it's just interesting. We're dealing with this. We don't know why our organization let us down. Talking about user experience. Um, and then I think that we're in for a whole lot of hurt to come over the next few games. Because I think the there's some that are going to take this to a level where Browns fans just shouldn't go. So, yep. or any fans yep. for that matter. So. No, it'll be it'll it'll be ugly. It'll be ugly for sure. In the um, I mean the good news the good news. I don't know if it's good news or not. You know, with the eleven game suspension um, of him, you know, you'll at least have some semblance of normalcy. But the I mean the you know the the fog around it won't clear. That yeah. that's for sure. Um, so I think you know what will be really interesting is when and if he comes back you know in week 11 or whenever it is and you know and and what happens then right you know what what is what has happened to public opinion at that point will be will be critical yeah and the damage is, has been done already and i think it's going to get worse and i i don't know what they were thinking we've talked about it on this podcast i don't know what they were thinking like why we're always the troubled organization why, why do I have to keep making right. these decisions? And this one may be the worst of all of them that they've made. Yeah. So anyways, what do you got? Yeah. What do you got this week? What do I got? I got um, something a little more happy, I guess. So I have just finished uh, Sandman, um, and I wanted to just give it a quick review, not because I loved it or hated it, because I, I just thought there was something interesting um, about content creation within it, which is... So I finished it, um, and as a so I have read the books, um, and I really liked it. I didn't like I'm not passionately in love with it like I was the books, um, but I did like it. I did like it quite a bit. My wife watched it with me because I built it up in our household. I I was like, oh my god, you know, I mean, Neil Gaiman, and uh, uh, you know, and I named off all the books that she's read that he's written that she would love, and and um, and we watched it together, and she didn't get it at all. She was like, yeah, I guess the guy who looks a little like uh, you know Robert Smith from The Cure, yeah, he's kind of cute, you know. I mean, I mean, really, just didn't get it. And I totally get, I understand why. If you, because it, one of the things I said before I watched even episode number one was I have zero idea how they're going to make this work in a television show. The, the books are so heady and ephemeral and, and, and just so hard to put a concrete physical thing to. I just, you know, without so much exposition, I just, ha I was like, I don't know how you're going to make it work. And to their credit, I think Gaiman did a, as good a job as can be done in making it, you know, making it work. You know, I mean, there are specific, like, fans of the Sandman, you know, right? Doll's House, 24 Hours, and I'm not going to spoil any of them by, by saying what they're about, but you know those, those specific either sequences or, or books themselves, and you know how they were treated in the show, and you know what they were in the books, and you're just like, if you didn't read the books, they're not the same. It's just not the same experience. And again, they did all the one, all the right things to try to make them approachable for an audience that hadn't read them. 
but it just it's confusing. It's hard to follow. It's very, very difficult if you didn't do it. And I think it goes back to, um, you know, one of my writing instructors, my screenwriting instructor, um, way back in the day, he was like, you have to be very, very circumspect when you're a writer and you write for a particular format um, to not, you know, to realize the limitations of your story in another format. You know, he was like, if you write a novel, just understand that if they make a movie of your novel, it's not going to be as good, mm-hmm. probably. There's a high probability. Unless they completely leave your novel behind and make a good movie, right? And that's the kind of the thing, right? You know, you see that, right? When you, when you look at something like, you know, there are so few great novels that become great movies that weren't sort of, that didn't sort of, you know, were inspired by the novel, but basically pretty much leave the novel behind, and just made a great movie. And that was his point, was that when you make a piece of, you know, when you, co- when you create a piece of content, you make it for the medium in which you are, you are writing for. And when you try and adapt it and fit it into these new mediums, it often just doesn't, you know, when you're trying to stay loyal to the material, it just doesn't work. And this is a great, such a great example of that, where even the original author, you know, Neil Gaiman, to me, it just doesn't work that well for a you know for for someone who hasn't read the books and i'm sure there are people out there who didn't read the books that liked it loved it maybe even but as someone who did both and then someone who sat with someone who didn't do either i can totally get if you're one of those people who read it and went okay it was confusing and i sort of liked it and it was pretty but i don't really understand the depth of why this was such an amazing thing i just understand that totally because I, I can see that and how you know confusing it was yeah, it's interesting when you have something based off of the book. Like I always, um, with Ready Player One, which I love that book and totally yeah. hated that movie. But somebody who didn't read the book could have liked that movie. And I know a lot of people that did. And I'm like, well, you liked it because you didn't have your expectations from the book. And then you're, you know, you've got the same thing going on here, a little bit different. But yeah, it's um, adaptations are tough. So I just read. They books. are just stop. I think that we should just yeah, all yeah. stop watching well, I, any kind. I really of- appreciate it. You know, I, it's like I, it's it's like you know because it, it's such a difficult decision, right? Because I so appreciate the fact that they tried, that you know that they really did. As you know, again, I want to be clear. I liked it. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought it was beautifully written. I thought the acting was fantastic. I thought everything about it was great. But it's almost like there's this weird position you have to be in you know where you either have to completely set it aside from the book because or you can't set it aside from the book like the like because i knew the book so well i was watching it going oh i know the subtext here i know what's really going on in the background here oh i know why they're making that decision oh i actually know what that what he means by that you know what i mean and but if you didn't follow the book i could like my wife was like why is his name Morpheus, but it's not that in this particular scene, but it is in that? Why is he called something different? It's like, yeah, okay, you know, and and it's just, you know, it's hard. It's very difficult. So after all that, we should watch it? I, you know, I just, I would say, I would, you know, I, I think it's an interesting, I, I honestly, I think it's a, it's a great watch, you know, if you've read the book, I highly recommend it. Um, but, if you haven't read the book and you and you're you're 
read the book. I would say it's a if you wonderful, haven't read the yeah, book, you're I, saying I would say read, read the, the book. book. Yeah, read the, and then read the you books. can watch the show. Yeah, good. Yeah, because I thought you were like one of those Google. You're like one of those Google reviews where you don't have. There's no answer. You're not. That's right. Give me. I don't know what the right answer is. To be honest with you, yeah. Yeah, it would not surprise me, however, to see that they would not do a second season of it, because I actually read an article that said that they might not do a second season of it, despite how popular it was, and I could see why they wouldn't, based on this reaction. Well, it depends on how, uh, what uh, the downloads were. The yeah, that's true. So, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. All right, what do you got this week? Oh, man, what do I have? Uh, I, I realized that I have a very busy September, October, November with travel, multiple presentations, and I've started to work on them. So oh, good. yes, it's going to be. Uh, I'm, I I also realize I can't do the same presentation every year. I actually have to do a different presentation. I guess people expect that now. Yeah, um, <laughs> or at least update the one from. 20 yeah, years exactly. Ago. So, oh yeah, I guess yeah. you could do every other year. So, anyways, I'm working on some new stuff. <laughs> tried to get yeah. that going we're putting epic content marketing to bed we've got the editors working on it so uh, all that's going well how about you sir i am finishing up a couple of white papers and doing the exact same thing as you yeah i have just realized that i am also going to be speaking in a lot you know starting with content marketing world in september but then i'm on the road quite a bit in october and november at conferences um, and have started to plot all that out and start to figure out what I'm doing and what I'm writing about and talking about. So I'm, I'm in a very similar boat. Wow. Yeah. It's like old times. Yeah. And client work, of course. Client work, you know, work, 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 work. Scotch, 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 scotch. Good deal. All right. All right. Well, thank you to all of you for all of the wonderful show story ideas. Hashtag us up on the Twitter. We really do appreciate it. Hashtag us up at this old marketing. Uh, thanks to all the usual suspects who put, put in show notes. And uh, because we're recording early, if some of you who will put in show notes for this week and uh, we're not going to get to it, obviously, because we're recording a little early. But in the meantime, if you want to check out all the links that we talked about today or on any episode, quite honestly, you can head on over to thisoldmarketing.site, which is our wonderful website. Remember, we're still doing those reviews. They're still coming in. I, you know, For those of you who haven't given a review and want to get into a little bit of IdeaCoin or TiltCoin, we'll take those reviews. Just pop us up a review. Send us an email through the form on the site or just send us an email and let us know that you did it and your rally ID and we'll get you hooked up with 20 yeah. bucks of IdeaCoin and TiltCoin. Yeah, by the way, Michael Bridges just sent, just got this email now and said, I heard Robert suggest to I, sh I should include my rally ID. And he did. So thank you, Michael. Yeah. We appreciate that. Thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, saving us a step. We always, oh, yes. we always truly We can't do more than one thing at a time. That. That's for sure. That's so. exactly right. And of course, while we're on the website, you can listen to any of the other 337 shows. And until next week, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.